If you are here and do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand. They'll make sure you get one. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand. I do know it's December and not February. I just missed it two months. That's not too bad. If you've looked at the outline at the top of it, you know what I'm talking about. There are seven I am's that Jesus presents himself as in the book of John. We've been, we've been on these for, this is our fourth one. And I think it's quite appropriate that we are talking about Christ being the shepherd with us here at Christmas time. Uh, God has a way of connecting dots. But today I'd like to talk about Christ being our shepherd. And I would like to read from the book of St. John, of course, chapter 10, beginning with verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my uh, sheep and am known by my own. And the father knows me even so or as the Father knows me. And notice his relationship now as he's talking about his Father. I love to read where Jesus discusses or talks about his and his Father's relationship. As the Father knows me even, so I know the Father. And I uh, lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, which he's talking about the Gentiles here. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one, no one, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Jesus says, I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Father. Add your blessings to the reading of your word and may we be able, Lord, to understand and get a glimpse of this shepherd. Get a glimpse of his character, of his love, of his compassion for his sheep. Bless every family, every home that's represented here today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Look at your introduction, if you will. Like most people today, chances are you do not not know any shepherds. For the first Christians who were familiar with shepherds, the good shepherd was a favorite image to associate with Christ. Then if you look back in the Old Testament, God called a shepherd, or God was called a shepherd, and God's people, the flock. God says, I myself will pastor my sheep. I myself will give them rest. The lost 
I will seek out. Here's what Ezekiel says. I will seek out the strayed I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, the sick I will heal. And I want to come back to that later on in this sermon because I think it is a rhema that is spoke, it spoke to my heart. And I think it's a rhema that's speaking to this church. And we want to look at five qualities that describe the good shepherd and is a perfect description, certainly, of Jesus Christ. Uh, the shepherds were looked down upon and not thought too much of, but understand this, that shepherds were the first ones that heard the gospel that Jesus Christ certainly was born. As Jesus is speaking of himself as a shepherd, and I love this part of it, he is speaking of his relationship with us, not only us, but all of mankind. Christ's relationship between Jesus, certainly, and his followers. Now, I want to look at five characteristics of this shepherd. First of all, he is good. Kylos, K-A-L-O-S, Kylos, the Greek word for good, uh, describes that which is noble, wholesome, good, and beautiful. If you look under uh, certain descriptions of that word, Kylos, you'll find beautiful. How many of you know that Jesus is beautiful today? How many of you know that he is good and certainly he is noble and wholesome? This is a character of God and he alone is good. In Matthew chapter uh, uh, 19, Jesus says concerning himself and God that there is only one that is good. So he describes himself as the good shepherd, not as a hireling, not as a thief. Hirelings tend the sheep for money. Now, you reckon there are people that minister today for money? Wow. There are thieves and robbers within the body of Christ. But the good shepherd, the shepherd that loves the sheep, does it because he does love the sheep. And that's the way Jesus Christ is. And I believe that's the way the under-shepherd. Who are the under-shepherds? Pastors today, bishops today, elders today. Pastors today should pastor, minister today, whether evangelist or whatever. We should do it simply not because we're going to get something and not because especially money, but because we love and love the people and love God. Number one, he is good. Number two, he protects. When we place ourselves under the care of Jesus Christ, our life is safe. Second uh, Samuel talks about it. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation. The writer of Samuel goes on to say this. So uh, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. And he says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. We just sung that. So shall I be saved from my enemies. So we know, you and I know that God Almighty protects us. I doubt 
we know, we know very little about when God protects us. I think he protects us so many times when we are not aware of it. He loves us and he protects us. The parable of Jesus or that Jesus told about the lost sheep is a story about Jesus' concern, his protection, and his care for the sinner. And I love this story. So would you read it with me as we put it on the screen? Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven and uh, that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Verse 11. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety and nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that he did not go astray. Even so it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God Almighty cares for every individual, each and every person. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what they've done. Doesn't matter the life they have lived. We, that's kind of hard for us to understand. It's hard for us to understand the fact that God loves us because, hey, we're in church today and we serve him and, and uh, we pray and we read our Bibles and we witness to people and we do all of these things. God loves us. He loves everyone, no matter who they are, no matter what nationality they are, no what. No matter what country that they're from, in the backside of the desert, down in the, down in the uh, wilderness, no matter where they are, we need to understand that God loves them. And if God loves them, we should love them. We should love them and he loves them and he protects them. He's concerned about every human being. And I pray that God will help us to understand that. Doesn't matter what they, as I said, doesn't matter what they've done. He loves them and he protects them. I love the picture of Jesus with the, with the little lamb on his shoulder. When he goes out, he goes out in the desert. He goes out in the wilderness. He goes out in the mountains and he finds that lost sheep. And by the way, he's looking for your families that are lost today. And I'll get to that in just a moment. Not only does, is he good, not only does he protect but he guides. We sung about that this morning in that song. It just went on and on about the guidance of Jesus Christ. The shepherd uses a staff with a hook on the end to guide the sheep and to pull those back that have gone astray. He loves them. He loves the backslide. In fact, the Old Testament says, I believe it's in Jeremiah, that he's married to the backslider. And it doesn't, as again, matter who it is. He loves your son and your daughter. Don't ever give up on your loved ones. Don't ever stop praying for them because Jesus Christ loves them. Today, Jesus guides us. You might say, Pastor, how does he guide us? Think for just a moment. How does God Almighty guide us today? Let me tell you a few ways that he guides us. First of all, he guides us through pastors. 
ministers in the church. He guides us, and that's the reason that it is imperative that we belong to a church and that we're a member of a church and that we, uh, we take our concerns to the, the congregation, especially to the pastor, that he loves us and he can give us insight and guidance. God places ministers, pastors, in, he places them in our way that he might be able to guide us and to lead us. Not only does he guide us, certainly uh, with pastors, but uh, he guides us through his divine word. That's the reason it is important for us to read his word. He guides us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I never knew what it was to have the guidance that I really needed until I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us no matter. He guides us through fellowship. We're able to talk with brothers and sisters in the Lord, and he certainly is able to guide us. Look at, look at number two under number three. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The reason so many sheep go astray, the reason so many people and Christians go astray is because they don't allow the Lord to lead them. You know, something he said in this text, he said, my sheep, Know my voice. You and I have got to be sensitive to the voice of Jesus Christ. But sometimes he can't speak because we've got the television too loud. Sometimes he can't speak because we're not listening. Sometimes we allow other things to come between us and his voice. That's the reason it's so important for us to sit and be quiet before the Lord. That's the reason when we're praying, it's not only good to pray, but it's good to listen. Pastor, you believe God speaks to us today? Just as sure as anything in the world. God speaks to us today, not audibly, but he speaks to our hearts. He leads through his word. He leads through God's people. He leads through the, his spirit. He leads through these. He guides us. Not only is he good, not only does he protect Not only does he guide us, but he nurtures us. And I love this one. He nurtures us. How long has it been since we've really and truly snuggled up to God and allowed him to strengthen us through his spirit? He nurtures us. He provides exactly what we need to grow in our faith. I love this verse uh, in Isaiah. Isaiah 40 and 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young this is what jesus does and i want us to be able this morning to get somewhat of a glimpse of this shepherd understand he cares we sing the song sometimes oh how he loves you and me The devil will have you to think that God doesn't love you. You've not been good enough. You've not done this. You've not done that. Or maybe you've done things you should not have done. I'm not okay in those things. I'm just here to tell you that no matter, God loves you and he cares for you and he will nurture you. He restores the soul through the word of God. He restores the soul through worship and again through 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's in the restoration and the restoring business. He restores us in fellowship with God's people. And I'll tell you one way we're restored is by taking communion. Every Friday night when we have prayer, we, we, we take communion. And it's wonderful to be able to enjoy the blessings of God through the Lord's table. So he is good, he protects, and he guides, and he nurtures. And lastly, certainly not least, he is willing or was willing to lay down his life for you and I. He lays down his life. Unlike a hired hand that flees to save his own life when the wolves come, when the enemy comes, when the devil comes, Jesus saved his flock from the evil one, though it meant sacrificing his own life. And that's the way he saves us. And we've heard it through almost everyone that stood behind this podium today. Uh, the, the, the gospel story, he came, he died, he rose again, and he, gi- he gives us life through him by his death. So he lays down his life. He paid the price for our sins by dying on the cross. He did it for us. I, uh, I want to go back uh, to the book of Ezekiel once again. And uh, I wrote it down, and I think we can have it on the screen, the Amplified. Notice what it says again in Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 15 and 16. God says, I will feed my flock. Now, I know this is speaking primarily at that time of Israel. It's speaking of bringing Israel back from its backslidden condition. How Israel had been scattered. And we now, you and I know now that Israel is back in the land uh, that it once possessed. And no one will ever drive them out again. They will possess it. And I know this, but I think it has a dual meaning. In fact, I know it does. And I think this is speaking to us as, as, as Christians. I think this is speaking to us as moms and dads. I think this is speaking to us as brothers and sisters. Notice again, I will feed my flock and I will let them lie down to rest, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost. Bring, them, bring back the scattered, bandage the crippled, and strengthen the weak and the sick. And this is what God spoke to my heart today for this congregation, for all of us that are here this morning. God says this to us, I am going to do that for your family. I am going to do that for your loved ones. God is going to bring back the scattered. He's seeking them today. And he uses us to be able to speak to them and to draw them back into the fold. I will bring back the scattered, bandage the crippled. How many of you know there are a lot of hurting people? They may not even know it themselves, but God wants to bandage them up and to heal them and to let them know that he loves them. He wants to strengthen the weak and the sick. God will heal and strengthen. Then he says, but I will destroy the fat and the strong. And the reason I wanted to to use the Amplified here, he says, I will destroy the fat and the strong who have become hard-hearted 
and perverse. But I will feed, and he says, I will feed them with judgment and punishment. What he's saying here today, for those that are willing to humble themselves, for those that are willing to be obedient to God, he is going to bring them back. He is going to forgive them. He's going to bandage them up. He's going to heal them. But for the prideful and for the rebellion, those that are fat and says, I don't need God. And this is basically what America's doing today. America's saying, I don't need God. I've got everything I want. I have all the money I need. If I get sick, I have doctors. If I need a loan, I have banks. I have a car to drive. I have a house to live in. I'm able to have all of this stuff. But I'm here to tell you we need God. America needs God. America needs to hear the voice of God. America needs to know that he's offering himself to be a shepherd and a caretaker for them if they'll just simply yield and give themselves to Jesus Christ. So here today, if we walk out and we live our life the way we want to live it and just use God to take him off the shelf when we need him, if we're full of pride, if we've allowed ourselves to allow the spirit of rebellion to come, we need to humble ourselves before God and say, God, I need you. I need you. And for some of us today, God is saying, hey, I want you to know I love you. I want you to know, but the the devil will tell you he does not love. God does not love you, but he does. And, and, And this verse speaks to my heart today because some of you have children that are astray. They're away from God. I want you to hear the voice of God saying, I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to bring healing to them. Grandchildren, you have loved ones. You, you have someone, maybe a neighbor, you've been praying for and believe in God and standing in the gap and, and holding them up. God saying, I'm going to bring them in. I want you to believe God, trust God, allow him to use you to win that neighbor, to win that loved one. And he'll do it. And you know what? I believe that God has sent someone by your child, by your son or your daughter and speak to that person. I know we have some that their, their sons and daughters or, or, their, or their sons are in service. But no matter where your daughter, no matter where your son is, God is going to plant somebody in their lives to speak to them. And they're going to come to Christ. Would you stand with me as we have the musicians and the singers to come? Everyone stand with me, please.